Ah, oh, hotel puts on a pretty good wedding, if I may say so myself. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK Let's get the neighbors. Hello. It's Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We analyse episodes of the Aussie soap opera that currently is uh, up to date in the UK, Mm. not up to date in its country of origin. Fancy that. What are we? Are we three episodes behind now? Well, I have to frickin' consult a spreadsheet. There is a reason I didn't do maths in Year 12. It's that I didn't need spreadsheets in my GD life. All right? Let me have a look here. The episodes we will be recapping air in the UK between the 17th of Jan and the 21st of Jan. And Australians won't see 8766 until the 26th of Jan. So, Invasion Day. Yeah. It's very weird. It's kind of like skipping a week in a really important week of television. This is, you know what this is? This is a complete bookend to Bum Island when the pandemic started and the dates started getting out of whack. The UK started falling behind, and that's when Roxy and Coyle connected romantically, and now they have sealed the deal as a married couple, and the UK forges ahead. So maybe it's Bum Deal Island. (laughs) Bum Steer? (laughs) You know, I saw Endgame on a website when I was watching Neighbours the other day, and it was, you know, it was like a movie. You could watch it or something. I didn't do it. And I thought, I don't know if I could watch that because I don't know what kind of feelings I would have because it was all like at the start of all of this crap show. Imagine the the joy you'd feel at seeing Gazcan get harpooned again. (laughs) (sighs) Maybe we can just see that. Let's get that as a gif. Mm. I didn't need to see him back again this week. I am Vaya. I like to watch fictional programs, but I have trouble suspending disbelief about them, even though I work in the field of show business. I have Kate, who's also known as Remude on Twitter. Hello. Hi, everybody. I have Catherine Jones. We know her as CJ the Hot Mess Mum. Hello. Hello, everyone. We are in the Mobile Pirate Net Studios on the Rebecca back patio in the balmy summer evening. It is so balmy. It's a beautiful tropical feel now. The days are what you would call stinkers at the moment. The evenings are quite pleasant. Yeah, it's a, it's a stay inside or stroll your local shopping centre kind of vibe at the moment. Yes. But night times, beautiful. No, one, no one's really going to shop, so. No. no, keep Uncle Doug off the footpath. Keep yeah. hydrated. Um, we are, yeah, COVID safe broadcasting, except we just took our photos and they were quite intimately close. We were quite intimately close to one another. I don't think I've been that close to my partner in recent months. <laughs> I joked that one of us was going to get pregnant and someone said, well, COVID. Yeah, so we're, all, we're all boosted. God damn yes. it. I've had four shots. so And you've had COVID. So yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Oh, sorry. <laughs> See, I have to look at a spreadsheet now. I don't understand any kind of maths. <laughs> all right. Big week. Big week. Because... Births, deaths and marriages, mainly the second two things. But neighbours cancel business. The business, again. We have to. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, CJ? I think so. Go. One, two, three. New credits. That's not what I was thinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> what are you going to say? As someone we have coming up on Neighbours. Oh, yeah. Someone's on the socials, CJ. Who is it? Well, I'm not going to say her name because that would be embarrassing because I would say it wrong. Oh, Tamman Sursock. There we go. Love Tamman Sursock. Yep. 
She said, I was, I'm was. i on Neighbours. Oh. She's filming episodes at the moment. I saw the winery in the background. And she described herself as the bitch's back. Mm. <laughs> Which I was looking at her with her glasses on and she's got like a very American sounding accent now, doesn't she? She's been living and working there for quite a while. But yeah. does that mean, I wonder if she's related to um, old mate Jane Badler. She she came back to like be Paul's nemesis. Was she the one that with the diamonds and the coffee beans and they had a tryst? Hang on. Diana. Yeah. Maybe she's related to her. No, she I works th- for Lasseter's International and maybe no. that's where Tamman's come from as well. Maybe Lasseter's like outright by the winery and then she comes to be like, you know, the old Lucy. Well, look, we're, we're jumping ahead because the reason people need to buy the winery is because a storm hit this week. There was no warning to this storm except for one day. We remember the neighbours' tornado? Oh, my God. The Erinsborough tornado that was meant to blow through town and we had warnings for weeks and then it was just a gust of wind. I mean, tornadoes are more random. Cyclones or whatever, which is what we get in Australia, they follow a path. They don't just kind of whip up out of nowhere. Look, I think there was like – Sheila mentioned the weather like four times as being a problem for the wedding. And there was yeah. mentions of gale force winds, which made me think of gale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, we're still in the business, so we've got to get some stuff done here. Mm. The freaking opening titles yeah, changed. Eight, it's 80% new. <laughs> I'm disconcerted because I don't like change. I'm not good with change. This week, we're going to talk about some changes, and I'm not because they don't sit well with me. Why are people not in the cul-de-sac or in the Lasseter's precinct? Why are people, there's people on roofs, there's people in the city, there's the art centre in the background. People are across the road from the ABC where I work usually. Chloe's Mm. up there. Yeah, Chloe's in transit bar in Fed Square, which is pretty nice. It made me think, and we'll get to it again, if we're looking for new businesses for people to run, that we could fire up the old backlane bar Mm. if we're going to be heading to the city. But I just don't like, the whole point of the show is it's called Neighbours. It's because we're based, I don't mind if we move into you know, your waterhole over, maybe bleeding into a bit of Eden Hills. But I don't – no one – don't go to the CBD for this show. That's not this show. There is a lot of strolling by the Yarra in Neighbours over the years that I haven't done in I, that time. I've never strolled by the Yarra. Hmm. Even when I lived in Richmond. Yeah, I can't say. I've been, I've, been, I've walked past Crown Casino. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm just – I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure they want to break free. The winery's in the goddamn credits. Jane and Clive are going for a stroll through those labyrinthine well, straight vines. She must have bought into that barrel. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's got yeah. a visitor. Barrel scheme, guys. It's an MLM. Remember when Ponzi schemes were the biggest drama? They That's listened to you guys on the podcast. And, and and at this stage, like, I knew who was – like, I already knew what was okay, going to Okay, let's – all and right. I listened to you guys talking about these barrels and I'm thinking, guys. <laughs> all right, let's hop in. Let's we we got to get into this. Patreon, if you want to follow uh, an ex- excerpts we've trimmed out of these pod- main podcasts, patreon.com slash neighbourspod. Jump onto Facebook, Neighbours Council. Have a chat in there. It's all going off. Pleasure doing business with you. We are going to recap a suite of episodes, 8762 to 8766, although 8762, it's a bit of a snooze. We really, we want the wedding, 8763 onwards. They first aired Monday 17th of Jan, 2022. It's the week of wedding bells for Coxie, Coyle and Roxy, Taylor's oldest time, bum as old as bum, on skinny dipping on Bum Island. They came together. Now they've walked down the aisle. To get us there, there's some hijinks that happened the day before with things not lining up. Yeah, so they're basically they're having to DIY their whole wedding. And it's like in, well, for the first time this week, there's an Amish barn raising to get this wedding on track. 
everyone's come together. There's like a bloody floristry marathon going on into Rage's house to okay. make centerpieces, which to be honest, at the end of the day at the wedding, centerpieces aren't the main focus. No, you don't need to have all your manpower in that. But Kate, plant rant. That was expensive AF. But all those flowers. They were Jesus. plastic. They were plastic. Still very expensive. <laughs> First thing that happened and happens with every neighbour's wedding is, of course, everything goes wrong. As you said, they all group together to fix it. Bayer and I have not – I've got married, but neither of us have had what you would call traditional weddings. Kate, does this happen in real weddings? Does everything go wrong and, like, the bride says, that's it, we're not doing it? No. Well, that didn't happen with our wedding, but we did essentially have the, the Amish barn raising of decorating the reception room um, because – so I went to a country town, well, a coastal town, Lawn, and we had to decorate this beautiful, the, the oldest ballroom in Victoria ourselves. And, well, you know, me kind of underestimate how long it's going to take to do anything. And we, so I had my auntie, my cousins, uh, various, like, you're going to love this, old neighbours of mine. Oh, beautiful. There, that, like family friends. Just And then we had the menfolk kind of like tying up on ladders, tying things <laughs> and, yeah. It was actually really lovely and I had lots of people tell me afterwards that it was just really nice that we all got together and Aww. did that. And this beforehand. was the day before? The night before, <gasps> yep. Cause yeah. Because yeah, my bestie Jo and I, who has now just moved to, to England, to Manchester, so she's actually my intel for having the English episodes described to me in very specific detail. I was going to say, did she move because she just couldn't cope with being behind in neighbours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. She got married in a very small in a small bar locally, and she and I were there the night before doing centerpieces. And hang on, was this the one who you borrowed those packing crates from me? I guess so. Yeah, was this in Mooney Ponds. Yeah, that I'd used at my own wedding. There you go. There you go. Everyone mucked in. I had right. Macrona coffee jars and I made little centerpieces, but we were stuffed, and it was an impossible feat for two people in a very small bar. I cannot imagine putting all that together for an actual big wedding venue. Yeah. Oh, look, I had a florist. Oh, actually, on that same day, I did go to a flower market in Geelong and I bought a a lot of flowers. So I also had to do that. I had some people like stripping leaves off flowers and arranging them in vases. Actually, that's what I did for Jo because her friend was putting together the bouquet for her and she wanted lavender and I found, like I was scouting in the old Pirate Net studios in the inner suburbs of where there was nice English lavender and I basically swiped a whole bunch of lavender from a dentist's office that had lovely... Just, you know. Or formerly lovely lavender bushes. Yeah, they used to. Um, I got some fake flowers here in Melbourne (laughs) and took them to my wedding. (laughs) So all that to say, everything's coming together. Yeah. And what's the most famous wedding in Neighbours Law? Scott and Charlene. Yeah. So every wedding they have, they try to give it a bit of Scott and Charlene flavour in an effort to revive the magic. It's a classic Neighbours event. Now, one thing that happened, the... Well, the night before Scott and Charlene's wedding was that – so Paul and Gail had been married a week or so before in a quote-unquote marriage of convenience mm. for Mr. Udagawa. So he, the honourable Japanese businessman could be dealing with a married couple. And um, Hillary, cousin Hillary, was staying in – That is such a straight-laced reason. Like these anyway. – mo- Morality clause, yeah. basically, in their agreement. Anyway. Um, yeah, so Cousin Hillary was staying in Paul and Gail's house, which is Teraja's house, for Scott's wedding. And um, she managed to sp- spring on them. Well, well, she sprung them sleeping in different rooms. Dun, 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 dun. So that was like the scandal, oh. and which was then rehashed in this wedding by Gemma and 
to Rach, finding Glenn and Shazcan doing the dirty. Okay, hang on a minute. Oh, that was my big bombshell of the whole oh, okay. week. You can't just chat about it like someone's <laughs> oh, gone for me. Shazcan's back. Shazcan. I, okay, we'll, we'll get to her. That was my big oh my God moment because there was... Obviously, there was a lot of chat over summer about who the person in the coffin was going to be and everyone was abuzz. But with that, there was there's a finite list of people it could have been. Mm. So, if you guessed it, you already had the surprise. You know, there wasn't an element of surprise. Cause hey, who's, who's not firmly lodged in our neighbours' hearts? But that was a pretty short list of people. Yeah, and essentially, look, the driest toast of the, the group. I mean, we didn't have a dry toast person. I would say more of a cinnamon toast. But, like, the toastiest of the bunch was the one Mm. but this Shazcan bombshell really got me and that's what happened on Monday so Gemma's down for her daughter's wedding she's the old flame of Glenn yeah yeah and now this this who wasn't I think we could say well he took his shirt off a few times this week and wow okay hi um there's just a way he carries himself that was intriguing but to rage has had the eye for Glenn mm. and inappropriately so why because she's still married to her brother yeah, well, his brother it's not the dark ages they were broken up no no it's not okay but I wanted at least a little little sesh a little you know get it on sow some oats while Paul's in the doghouse but because he's they had a moment they had a little flirty moment and then They've run off in a fluster to talk to their respective mates about it. And Glenn decides to cope with these feelings. Firstly, he flirts a bit with his ex, with Gemma, and we think he's going to reconnect with her. Mm. So they've set him the task of freshening up, getting the hotel suite ready for the honeymooners. Which isn't a thing, No, isn't that someone, isn't that, that should be Harlow's job. Isn't that hotel staff's job? Yeah. Hand them whatever they wanted to hand them. Hand them the neon signs and the rose petals and go, here you go. Yeah. Give us your best spread. Then I would have got in after the wedding and just gone, oh, get all this shit out of my bed before I go to sleep. (laughs) God damn it, it's been a big day. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank God no one's getting married. Oh, thank God we don't have a shack across the road we have to retreat to. The power just went out at Kate's. It came back on. Straight away. Thank goodness. We're saved. At least we're running on batteries, though. We would have persevered. Oh, yeah, for sure. In the dark. We've podcasted through a pandemic. (laughs) What's with this? (laughs) In the honeymoon suite, Glenn gets it on. The reveal is not Gemma, because to rage he's giggling in the suite. She opens the door. It's not Gemma. It is Shazcan. Always up for a good time, Always. Shazcan. Who was her last conquest, Kate? Do you remember? Or one of her f- last conquests? Oh, was it Drab? No, no. close. No. Just as Drab. Dead Cop. Oh, my God. Yes. Dull I cop. forgot about that. She was part That's of his downfall. Yeah, yeah, part of his downfall was Shazcan. Who do you see then, on the way down? You see Shazcan. Yeah, because when they all get together to begin with, there's a weird look with Shaz and Tarage. And she mm. said, oh, thanks for that job on the cruise ship. <laughs> and and it just sort of, like, in that moment, I thought Shaz has been with one of Teresa's exes. But yeah. if not, it was... She has. It was dead, dead cop. And Gaz can. No, sorry, not... Well, well, well I mean, yes. technically yes, she was. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They do have an ex in common. But dead cop wasn't with Therese. No, he no, was with remember, Lauren. Remember dead 
dead cop's final words. Look after my wife. Drab's like, oh, Drab yes. took that to heart. He looked after her repeatedly. <laughs> oh, God. So they put her He's on a still cru- looking after her. Yeah. They put her on a cruise, uh, which I can only imagine was the Ruby Princess. That's because that Marlene's cruise. <laughs> so now Shaz can, Sharon Canning, is, which is probably why we didn't see her during Gaz Can's memorials. She was cruising. Right. She's here for a great time. They hook up in the honeymoon suite. Gross. Like, her son is then going to sleep in those sheets. I don't think Harlow's doing another load of laundry. Also, I feel like when she arrived, she didn't sort of bring up her son's cancer. <laughs> she was just like, hey, how's it going getting married? Who's that guy? <laughs> how's your nuts? Yeah. <laughs> Not, none of- I actually, I forgot a few times about Cole's cancer mm. this week. Like, he had a little stitch in his head later in the week, and I thought, oh, no, has he got brain cancer? Oh, no, it's from something fell on him, okay. Actually, I had exactly the same thought. I was like, oh, yeah, that must be from his surgery. <laughs> they went up right. And then, then I didn't even question it. They went in top but you're down. Right, it was down the other end. Yeah. And he's, oh. It's oh, laparoscopic. Look, it's Friday. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to Friday. Let's, let's save a few things. <gasps> oh, my goodness. We can't go ask about face. This is a big, momentous occasion. Yeah. Day of the wedding. They've pulled it all off. Oh, sorry. Just going back to the hotel thing. My favorite part was to rage afterwards going, can you believe that? And Gemma's like, that's my, that's my daughter's sheets. <laughs> And I was like, you, you know what? I would be like Gemma. I would be bloody outraged at those filth bags. This is the beginning of where it got a bit high school for me. And that's exactly what I love. That's my bread and butter. When Gemma's like, I thought it was eating on me again. Like, mm. And I love that that was her thought and that she voiced it. Going, if anything, he was putting the moves on me. So. Yeah, and Therese inside is saying, no, he wants to be with me. Yes, we had the most chemistry. And I love that that was the focus. It was wonderful. But the reason I think it all came together was the most logical reason is because they were having it in the hotel. The wedding was inside Lassiter's, which is set up for functions like this. Hmm. So essentially, once they got all the bits and pieces in, it all ran smoothly. And we got to see the inside of Lassiter's, the hotel ballroom. What you just said about getting all the bits and pieces in and how it all went smoothly. I thought you were talking about when they, they hooked up in the room. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. I mean, Glenn's got all the bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, relieved that we got to see inside. <laughs> I mean, there are some experimental camera angles this week, but not that experimental. I was thrilled to bits we got to see that ballroom. And as Paul said, they can put on a good function. I'd love to see more fun- uh, functions in that ballroom. I'd like to also see some more boring ones. Yeah. like. You know, like dental associations. And like we mentioned in, um, I think in our Patreon Extra, Kate brought up Paul's um, conference. <laughs> conference of, with, with, that only Steph turned up to. Conference of I one. Love, I love that. He's, t- he's Tony Robbins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Imagine you how many. there too, for sure. Huh? Oh, yeah. Imagine how many crackpot. Six grand, I guess so. Imagine <laughs> how many crackpot conferences we can run out of that ballroom. Picture frame and association. Like, uh, there's um, so much that could be done. Surely the, the spirit barrels, MLM, is going to have to have a, a conference there. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're going to have to name that after someone now, aren't they? It'll be uh, like the Britney barrels. That's, the, that's not classy. That's not a classy. But we'll get to her. Kate, please talk me through this, the setup of this beautiful day. Call and Roxy forever emblazoned in pink neon. Well, we, we start at Terage's house where... Um, all the ladies are getting ready together. It's lovely. We've got um, Mac- Mackenzie is in her dress that Zaja repaired for her, which honestly, of every implausible moment this week, 
this was the most implausible moment yeah. for me. Zsa Zsa gave it a zhuzh. So we were led to understand last week that this was a dress that was immodest by Roxy's own standards of three years ago. <laughs> but it's all right. She just salvaged a bit of fabric from it to make it a full-length beaded gown. Now, I wanted to ask you, Kate. Yeah. I feel like all the ladies were wearing a fabric that had like a stretchiness to it with like glitter woven in. And I'm like, what is this fabric that everyone was wearing? Are you thinking of lame? I quite possibly am. Lame has that sheen, like a a, a reflection. Yeah. They were all... A bit like glitzy. Uh, whereas Mackenzie's looked like sequins. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. So hers was beaded. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Harlow's was sequined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone like had gone extra in their <sighs> looks. This, for me, the implausible part was that everyone was dressed like they're going to the Oscars. Like from Chloe with that big neckline, that big fan neckline. Mm-hmm. Um, but she always, she's always fabulous. So that may kind of make sense for her. But, I mean, she's a billionaire. Yeah. A little upstagey, but oh, the the worst one—the one that actually made me whoo at the screen—seemed bloody Amy in a very very pale silver, but mainly white-looking dress, oh. and I was like, "Get out of did, my wedding!" I didn't even notice it was silver. I thought it was t- totally white. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> that is the lowest of the low. Get out, you tramp! Stop trying to upstage me. Even if people don't wear white to their weddings anymore. It's still a weird choice. Yeah. I went to a wedding a few years back and the bride's dad's partner turned up in like a, a white dress and like she's a pretty flamboyant dresser as well. My friend wasn't even phased by it, but I was I was pissed off at her. Because <laughs> like, in the actual, I'll have to dig out the group photo to show you guys because this woman sticks out like a sore <gasps> shit. Like it basically looks like there's two brides because there's, well, actually it was at the same location, um, Toadie. Got married today as well. Oh, Werribee Mansion. Did they drive up a cliff after? No, they didn't. Everyone lived. It was a great party. Unlike this one that we're about to mm. witness. What about Roxy looked a vision? Didn't she? I really liked Roxy. Oh, yeah, it was so beautiful. she had like feathery things. Yeah, mar- marabou feathers. Oh. I'm sure it looked lovely in person, but also like in photos and film, it looked gorgeous. Yeah. Mm. I actually feel um, Chloe's wedding dress would have been more suited to Roxy than Roxy's actual wedding dress. I can't remember them. It, I agree. That little short thing the bows yeah but i think roxy looks lovely and her beautiful cascading curly Mm -hmm. hair with the barrette that her mum gave her with the blue jewels in it oh lovely touch oh and it was from um great nana edna ramsey yeah Yeah, which is a nice touch because she was there on helping charlene get ready on her wedding day beautiful yeah so that was that's a bit of fan service that mention um sheila in that gorgeous everyone was in pink like a lot of the bridal party so Mm. mackenzie was in like a hot pink sheila was in more of a like a rose like a deep rose yeah yeah god really suited her oh to rage in that kind of bronze with her hair half up half down with a bit of a beehive oh she looks stunning everyone looked beautiful everyone did but again like I sometimes phone it into a wedding, depending on how, like how close I am to the couple. Well, yeah. Shout out to Harlow for a wedding that basically she knew people didn't want her to go to. She looked beautiful too. Beautiful colour that dress, green, like a bottle green. Sidestep. I thought last week. I thought she was uninvited. My outro song was about how she was uninvited. Um, how did she get back in there? She just went. And <laughs> Paul said, "I'm sure she'd want you here." And you know what? They those two ladies connected. As Roxy walked down the aisle, and I really, I really loved that okay. because 
Because those are the times. Lucky. Imagine if she'd gone, no, 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 no. (laughs) Security. (laughs) I mean, I love it. But these are the times. Birth, deaths and marriages where you just throw out the Mm. old, the baby with the bathwater, so to speak, and you just... You just forgive and forget. Okay. And I and I like I really liked that for them. I will always be there to help fight your battles. Just to marry you would be an absolute honor. And you'd make me the luckiest guy in the world. Damn right I would. <laughs> <laughs> and then that great dip when Coyle dips her for the kiss. It's just very them. Yeah. And it's always like it's is it not every girl's dream to marry somebody that much taller than you so they yeah, can dip, I've, which, I've never been dipped. Yeah. It's never gonna happen for us three tall <laughs> no. ladies. Yeah. I once got picked up by my friend Danny, friend of the is he friend of the pod? I mean he's not, but I should have him on. He's a good guy. Danny McGinley, com- oh, the, the, comedian. The, the Footscray connection. He used to write the banners for the Western Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Known him since I was eighteen doing comedy. And I've always been a large lass. And my friend, my, we were a comedy duo, me and Joe. She's tiny. And people always used to pick her up and used to shit me because it used to make me feel like a big giant oaf. And I'm like, I'm sick of the fact that boys never pick me up. And he just fully lifted me up one day. And that would not have been easy for him. And I was just all a flutter. I'm like, oh. And I'm like, that is a good friend. That is a good friend. Thank you, Danny. Like, pick up a larger lady. It's great for the, it's great to make her feel good that day with her consent. Yeah, I was going to say with her consent, <laughs> but you gave it enthusiastically. I, yes. Yeah. And then the party afterwards was, it seemed like a hoot of a time. It did, but it worried me a little bit. So they they partied at Lasseter's for quite some time. Is this correct? Mm. They did, and then they go, oh, it's, it's a bit windy. Oh, well, well, oh, the power's off. Yeah, it's a bit windy. We should leave the location and go out into the nature. <laughs> go out into a, a, the unlined shed yeah. bar. Um, but they were all drinking and all partying a lot, and there was two babies there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Power went off that I'd be like, all right, looks like my, my time to go home. But also I didn't feel like there was like a point a adult that was like because I kept looking for like Jane or someone to be the person with the pram being like I'm obviously the sober one and I'm looking after the babies but no also uh, there are many posts on socials with the table setups well we did a we did a poll in our group yes neighbors council of where you would sit if you were given the choice and it turns out that those babies weren't even with both all of their parents well it's just like should we have a quick go through of okay table one we have Sheila, Levi, G- Gary the frickin' Pigeon. Oh, I'm not even going to. Let's not even. Um, Shazcan and Glenn. Seems a weird choice to have Glenn on that table. Maybe Shazcan did the old switcheroo name tags wise. Uh, table two, we have Tarage, Harlow, Brittany, Gemma and Sam. Question mark. What? So Brittany's just, isn't she Leo's date? Because she's there as Leo's plus one. She's also Nicolette's friend and she's not sitting with no. her. But she's the only reason she's at that wedding is because Leo said, because she's got romantic feelings mm. for him and he's like, hey, do you want to be my plus one? So they're not even, ah, Lassiter's, come on. No, it's bloody, what's his face? Mick, Michelle. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's this right. is like clearly left over from his wedding party. And the one thing he did well was the neon sign, which looked stunning for them. Oh, yeah, that's a keeper. Yeah, Kyle and Roxy forever. Uh, table three, we have Carl, Suze, Paul, Jane and Leo. Well, they could have swapped Leo and Harlow. Perfect. Table four. This, this sounds like the worst table, to be honest. Um, Toadie, Mel, Nell, Hugo and Greg. Mm-hmm. Who's Wait, Greg? Who's Greg? Well, I don't know who Greg is, but <laughs> Greg, Greg is sitting at somebody else's Wait, dinner table, basically. Actually, what's Honga's first name? We don't know. It's... I thought he was given a first name at some point. Could be Sam or Greg. I thought it was really? Greg. Maybe it is because there wasn't mention of Honga, but maybe or, he did come. 
But imagine that. That is literally a family unit sitting with a stranger. <laughs> Yeah, you got to have a sad singles table. So Usually they have the most fun. But. The weirdest thing about these weddings so far is that there's only four or five people at every table. Yeah. Also, imagine going to a wedding and you're sitting there with two, like, small children at the table as well that you don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's children are a handbrake mm. on weddings. You go to weddings to have fun. Anyway, table five. Aaron, David, Chloe, Nicolette, Isla and Phyla. Yeah. I was, I was so offended by that. Yes. What is with that? Who's this baby has already been torn away from its parents. Triggering. This is triggering for Abigail. Let's yeah. go. Let's go and pop the baby with her. You know, like kidnapping parents, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And I mean, like they weren't to know, but still. Yeah. And then also, poor Brittany being ripped away. Yeah. Because she's mm. like, well, I can't sit with my baby. It's not on the seating I, plan. I would see that, and I just go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Also, yeah, these babies are going to be people's laps. They're six, they're not even six months yeah. old yet. Like, yeah. they're not going to be at a table ordering the chicken or it's, fish. It is peculiar. But table six, which is the table I voted for to sit on, the party table, we've got Amy, Ned, Hendrix, Mackenzie and Mick. That's a great time. Yeah. And, like, I know, Kate, you typically wouldn't party with a Ned or a Mackenzie, but... I think as a unit, as an ensemble, that's a good mix. Oh, Mick. Mick is adding the spice to this table. I'd be there and he would just be giving running commentary on everyone. And we've seen he, how- he would have nicknames, everybody, all the other guests. And we've seen how McKendrick's party. They let their hair down and they go clubbing. So it would be a good time on the D floor. Amy would be great too. I have to also mention that this is the episode that contained every single cast member, which yes. doesn't always happen. No, mm. that's been... I, I can't think of another occasion with well, everyone in it. Actually, except Clive. And then I had this theory that – so Clive wasn't there, but then they had this call from to Jim from Maintenance, and I thought maybe Clive was a cameo as the voice of Jim from Maintenance. <laughs> what do you reckon? That would be, have tied it together nicely for me. Jim, hide, Therese. We need to evacuate all outer buildings in the complex. Okay. So obviously we had the, the power outage due to the high winds, if I'm in a hotel and the power outage goes, and I think that function room would have to be upstairs somewhere, so you're taking the emergency stairs downwards, I think I'd go, you know what, I think that's nature's way of saying, call it the night. Yeah, I don't wheel my bloody baby after I've like it down the stairs off to the, the a shed that's not going to outlast Cyclone Tracy. No. Also, you'd think as a couple who's getting married in Erinsborough, you would be watching the hours tick by going, okay, we made it another hour. Okay, and we made it another hour. Like no one exploded another hour. Mm. Okay, it's 11 p.m. or whatever it is. Okay, good. Power's out. Let's go home. That's that's as bad yeah, as it gets. Yeah. We've made it. The gas canisters, they're fine. The gas canisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but instead, they run out the front and all of them. Now, as I said, they're all drinking. They're hell having a huge time. They literally reminded me of yep. my youth and being like, Everyone doesn't want to go home, so they've got to go and, like, meet some guy in a car park and buy pills. <laughs> like, it was just – they wouldn't stop partying. And, and Tarage said that the only place that had power left was the Flamingo Bar, which is weird because it's essentially pretty much uh, – it must rely on its parent venues for power. Mm. I, I got to thinking of Hotel Death Trap. Week, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine I was like, why. Surely Lassiter's would have some sort of emergency generator that would kick in. And I was like, was that what – went wrong in Hotel Death Trap, but that was the boiler that oh. someone went to check on downstairs. And Tarej was trying to organise the generator. Look, she went into full business mode. She was yeah. on the phone to Jim from maintenance. She, she sobered up. Well, I was going to sober up very quickly. She was sober. She was sober. But yeah, of, she, went, she went into the waterhole and saw it was like starting to get trashed. 
You know what it reminded me of? The incompetence that Therese sometimes has. Because, you know, when she's too focused on one thing, mm-hmm. she's a little bit incompetent. You think she would go, geez, the windows are blowing in here. <laughs> I think we need to shut down this party. Yeah. In, like the, the beach box that is the flamingo bar. Well, and, and I'm surprised Paul didn't say, hey, this is a, we're a, this is a liability now. We need mm-hmm. to send everyone home so that they're not under our watch. Everyone, everyone was fully. This is like a, the post-pandemic party of all parties, wasn't yeah. it? It was like Baby Madge's sixth birthday. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> They were conga lining over to the Flamingo Bar and it was popping off. Yeah. Everyone was cut and sick, except for Harlow, who was like, I'm going home. Yeah. The, like throughout the week, there's like definitely some weird stuff going on in Harlow land. Some kind of PTSD. Yeah. And there was a sweet moment when McKendricks and Roxy extended the olive branch and said, come and party with us, Harlow. And she thanked them, but then said no. Yeah. Um, it was better than the week before when she was like stealing food to go home. <laughs> a couple of finger sandwiches. <laughs> then let's bring it back to high school for just a moment. To rage sees Glenn and Shazcan sneaking off down the side of the building yep. for a little canoodle. And she's no longer the general manager of a hotel. She is just a girl yeah. standing in front of a man and his and, girl. And his Shazcan. Mm. It was so great that. She sees a power line teetering. Oh, yeah, the pole. It was kind of swaying. A yeah, bit. A pe- the pole. And she goes, hang on a minute. What's going on with Glenn and Shazcan? Oh. Oh. And in that moment, well, she thinks she could have run in and evacuated the building. I, I don't think. I mean, she would have been in heels. She wouldn't have made it. And Chloe says that. She's like, no, hun, it's you couldn't have. You wouldn't you probably just would have put yourself in risk. Got mm. me thinking to the liability of... Um, electricity poles on private property like that. Who's responsible for making sure they're sound? Who's the mayor at the moment? Jim, the the bloody maintenance man. Barry's the lead. He's not even there on site. Oh, come on. Jim's got a life too. He's got a family. Can't just live in a bauble forever. (laughs) He's on call. He took the call. He was directing to rage. To he worked from home that day. And he was he was already onto some, he already knew about the the Lassiter's problems, didn't he? He's like, oh yeah, I've got a you know, Lassiter's, and she's like, I'm here already, and that. Yeah. yeah, he was on it. They were all on it. It's just a, it was chaos. He was probably, he was probably up like checking the bloody pool fencing upstairs, <laughs> the, the, making sure that oh, witch's cat, witch's hat hadn't blown away. He's just checking for fingers holding onto the bloody um. <laughs> and I think that I guess the thing is though, it makes me think about you know terrible real life circumstances like Black Saturday and stuff. Like often. When the weather takes a turn, they don't know what's coming. Yep, you're you right. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know how you would act mm. if you see a cute boy macking on with I another mean, lady. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think as a survivor of all that trauma and her son dying <laughs> and her father-in-law, um, that she would prioritise the safety of the people there. In fact, in fact, it would have been actually believable if she'd had that moment seeing the pole come down and went, hey, that's how my son died, under a pole. Yeah, at this place. And she froze. Yeah. You know? At this place. Uh, one more thing I forgot to shout out earlier. Hendrix's divine wedding cake. Oh, yeah, yeah, bloody hell. He's, he's doing all right, isn't he? I'm yeah. proud of him. Had donuts coming out of the top. I mean, why Thank is he being a dish pig at like, bloody Harold's when he could be doing the wedding cake business? He's got a coin in that. He's doing the high la- yards and he's learning yeah. things. And I tell you what, I'm so glad he did year 13 and spent all that time on Pinterest. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Proud of him. So she sees that the pole comes down and smashes through that flamingo bar. Mm. 
right in the middle. And I think, oh, fuck, they've taken out the whole cast. Yeah, that's yeah. like that. <laughs> I just thought it was going to be Terage and Harlow <laughs> and zero other people. And and Gas Cannon, um, oh, Gilles. fake Paul. Oh, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. Glenn. Glenn and Shaz. And that's the new cast and they have to repopulate. <laughs> None of them are of childbearing age except Harlow. And what did Terage do? She runs to the building shouting, Paul! Oh, God. I love that. I was like, oh, true colours coming through right now. Mm-hmm. That's all she's worried about. Well, Glenn doesn't have a pole coming down on him. He's got a pole There's heading also- up. <laughs> He's got a pole doing something. Well, Teresa's step-grandbabies are in there as well. Yeah. Harlow's in there. I mean, she she, she would probably think Harlow's in there. Chloe's in there. She Roxy? cares about Chloe. Yeah, Roxy. Roxy, that, yeah. Roxy and Gemma. And, um, you know, Teresa's whole uh, life yeah. is in this tiny but shack, by the way. Tiny. It, Paul has an injury, you know, like he can't run yeah. as fast as everyone else in there. So He's disabled. And she finds him and she like clears the dust off his face and yeah. And he doesn't wake up. But then what actually happens next? It's the next episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, also it's seven days later, Time which jump. I love it when they do that. I was just like, yes, we don't have to live through every single moment of the aftermath like, of this. Yada, yada, yada. It's the day of the funeral. <laughs> And, and like, technically, we no, we didn't have to live through all of it. We didn't have to live through Therese and Leo, who seemed to be the two, and, and Nicolette, who seemed to be the three able bodies. Which is great, because I'm like, oh, hang on. I actually thought, you know what, in this pandemic, surely they are in need of nurses, and Nicolette would just be like, you know, rubber stamp. They'd be like, all mm. right, don't do that again, whatever you did, which I can't remember what it was. Yeah, stole You're, money off a dying person. Yeah, come on, they'd be like, come on, get back in the COVID ward right now. Yeah, like that singer Gordy. Who's um? She's a doctor, but she's a musician, and so during the pandemic, she's like, "Okay, I'll come back and doctor for a bit, and then I'll mm. play some gigs." Yeah, like at my work, I'm I'm doing campaigns to get nurses back into the. Mm. Into yeah, the would field. you? Yeah, they'd probably just go, "Oh well, slap yeah. on the wrist. You've learnt your lesson." Yeah. They'd, they'd want your mum back. Mask Liz, up. Liz, oh, yeah, yeah, they asked yeah. her like early on. Yeah, yeah, and and she did some contract tracing, contact, con, that thing. Yeah. Um. So we've got Nicolette used to be a nurse, which, by the way. I really enjoyed Nicolette in that scene. She was fantastic mm. on the scene, yeah. yeah. Ran straight to Paul, who she hates. Yes, you're right. And she, it didn't matter to her in that moment, loved that. That is classic nurse and she behaved exactly as a nurse in that moment. And it made me think, I, I do wonder whether this scene may bring a change in Nicolette. And we see it throughout the week mm. and we'll, we'll get to it. Maybe she becomes an Ambo. Like maybe something, maybe mm. she... Goes back into a caring profession yeah. from here on out. I, I do prefer I mean, it to hospitality. Yeah, look, I'd be interested in that evolution. And she doesn't have to be an Amber next week. No. But, like, let's discuss what she wants yeah, she to do. She still has a very small baby to care for. Exactly. And Therese is there and she's with Paul, who's not woken up. So we don't know. And, you know, neighbours have been hinting on, like, who's going to die, who's going to die. So, like, we don't know. And it, it was an onion peel of an episode. So we're finding out... There's weird snippets that make you think it's this person, that person, this person. At the, at one point, I thought it was going to be Leo and Britney, Britney double bunger, like twofer. And then Leo runs out and he's yelling out Britney. Which, I don't know, I feel like I'd be calling out Phyla at this stage. <laughs> Wouldn't Abby. that be your first priority, your kid first? The, and both then your, your both of those babies. So we do know, Britney's holding... Also, a baby can't answer back, so I guess you yell out to the guardian, to the carer. And then, like Wizard of Oz, her feet are sticking out from the debris. Oh, God, that was horrifying. So while we didn't have to see everything, we had to see that. 
Mm. So and, that's, that's And you know what has trained a person for that cold, dead eye stare? It is year, many years of catwalk model runway. Yeah, I was about walking. to say, was it, was it Australia's next top model? Yes, it was. <laughs> that dead stare, I just took me straight to the catwalk and I'm like, Sis, this is why you cast a supermodel mm. as a corpse. She nailed that. Yeah, she yeah she was dead. She was dead as yeah. a doornail. So, in terms of injuries, Brittany obviously the worst fatal injury. Yeah, um, Paul lacerated liver. Yeah, almost died. They they yeah, they yeah. tacked that on. How's yeah. that lacerated at Lassiter's? <laughs> um, that, that's going to be his next tag tagline. <laughs> we've got Mackenzie with an arm in a sling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Amy's not meant to lift heavy things. Ribs, her ribs, broken oh. ribs. Mm. Oh, that's not nice. Mm. Yeah. And uh, as I mentioned, Call had that stitch in his forehead. Oh, yep. Yeah, from his from his nut cancer. <laughs> <laughs> They go the long way around at Erinsborough Hospital. Don't, no, it's just like when they were like picking him Another up on the operating table, they accidentally threw a scalpel into his head. <laughs> Sorry. Go to Eden Hills Private if you want the kid glove treatment. See Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> um, they didn't even need to take both balls. Someone else had an injury, didn't they? An arm or something? Um, well, the, the Tanaka kitchen also... <laughs> Which is a weird, weird, weird thing. You know, it sounded so shonky when they're like, oh, thank God the, sh- the insurance, storm insurance covered our oven. I'm like, And new appliances. It's like, what? It's, <laughs> did they lose the roof or something and then it got rained on? This is I, very strange. It's very weird because like I've I've had roof damage in a storm and my parents had um, not roof damage but shed damage in the most recent storm. Yeah. Oh, I lost my clothesline. I mean, and to you that's a big deal. Oh, it's everyone. I can't hang out sheets anywhere. Well, that's true. In summer too. In in prime drying. Exactly. Season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the insurance company just came out to assess my parents' share. And how many months later? What what's is it, like a, two months? What's a good month? Yeah. yeah. And the tree like missed my father's bedroom by a metre and, and broke the shed instead. <laughs> and they haven't come out to like fix the tree. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, let's think they must pay a lot of money off their insurance if they're getting like bloody top level cover. They're like, no, nah, yeah. screw it, mate. You don't, what? You don't have electricity or a toilet. No, nah, too bad. We're coming in to like redo this guy's kitchen cupboards. But also like, I really want to know why that had to happen in the storyline. It Because they've done a zhuzh for the whole set. Mm. So, but I, it reminded me of a time my car got hailed on and I was just didn't have the bandwidth to fill out the insurance claim and I just let it go and then the next time something happened to my car I tried to like go oh and can you sort out the roof as well and they're like that's hail damage that's not from this prang <laughs> so it's like them going oh yeah it knocked over a tree or broke a window also our oven's got a little nick in it can we get a new one <laughs> the insurer's yeah. gone oh okay <laughs> also we don't have an air fryer <laughs> Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention my most glaring thing I noticed when like Paul wakes up in bed. I'm like, seven days, mate, is it like three months? Your hair's about five centimetres longer. Yeah. And then you see David again. He's like grown, grown, gone back to his original haircut. And But I love that it Everyone's fit Everyone's got long hair now. I love that it fit with the story. So Glenn, he's been waking up in people's beds all week and he's got scruffy hair. Paul's come out of hospital. He's got scruffy hair. He's has really long though, and it's I I read somewhere that yes, it was a production break. Yeah, it would yeah. have been. But they've taken this time to revamp several of the sets. Mm. So they filmed like all of this, and then they went on a cliffhanger themselves. They didn't know who mm. died. 
exciting. And now suddenly Harlow's in a lime green top for some reason. Mackenzie's hair's straight. There's a few things. Yeah, and, and Harlow's less of a bee. Yeah, which, look, I'm, I don't want them to stray too far away from the psychopathy run. Because I was happy with where we landed, with her being... Oh, compassion fatigue. No, oh, we're, we're, where you and where Kate, CJ and I landed yeah. is we agreed with Mackenzie and Roxy that she's a psychopath, like her dad. Frankly, I've got compassion fatigue, fatigue. Me too. Me yeah. Too. They bring it up later in the week in another, as you called it, an Amish... Barn raising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like somebody says, like, Harlow walks past and she's rude and someone goes, oh, is it her compassion fatigue? <laughs> no, pretty, pretty sure she's just a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She came and helped, though. That's yeah. something. I mean, it's her uncle's winery. Now, the reveal of Brittany being the dead body. Yep. We see it. And not only that. So she, it's the ultimate mother death where she died saving her little baby. Mm. So she cradled her little baby and then took the impact That herself. is so sad. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh. And Phyla's crying, like, you know, mm. and so Leo picks it up. That's devastating. And Leo, he's holding Brittany. You know, Paul hasn't woken up either, So, but it's very clear that Brittany's dead. You know, as you said, she had that dead model eye. And he sort of has to leave her body and pick up Phyla, which is what, she would have wanted. It's what everyone wants him to do, to look after the baby. That's what he has to do. He's a baby's father. God, it's sad. You know, he's an adult. That's a baby, you know. Mm. But he looks at Therese with this despair. And I know for like a brief moment she was like, oh, remember when we used to. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird, isn't it? <laughs> like sands through the hourglass. Yeah. I was really upset. I know we had to lose somebody, but I just – didn't want it to be a baby's mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I Didn't... mean, classic neighbours trope. Oh, I mean, mm. yeah. You know. Watch yeah. out, Nicolette. Oh, oh gosh. God. Yeah, Nicolette's in it for a long time now. Mm. She must be due to die. I like that. She must be. She's got a baby. Yeah. Then we cut over to the memorial of Brittany. Mm. Brittany Barnes. I can't think of a sad Brittany song. <laughs> Every time. Sometimes I <laughs> So... Oh, I'm going to ask Mr. Hit me, baby, one more time. Bam. Light pole. This power line <laughs> is killing me. Um, the funeral, yes, which we have seen many times in the promo images, the, the big um, drone shot of the, the crowd. Mm, so we um, finally see it from the other angle. Yeah. And one thing which our neighbours fan, Barbara from Michigan, well, she wanted to know was, funeral hearses she was really surprised to see one that was like glass all the way around and yeah that's very normal for australia and apparently the uk as well Mm, okay the whole scene was beautiful Mm. the montage the procession following the hearse which that's not normal no unless i don't know if they did it all in one location um was it meant to be a graveyard or a cemetery or was it the winery i can't remember i well i don't know because she's being cremated yeah so I thought the location was weird, but I, I, the crematorium could be there, right? I mean, hey, Vera and I have podcasted beside the, the Faulkner crematorium. Yeah, it was a great time. Straight out of a um, prank call from I, the 1990s. I used to, to, to drive to the Gold Coast in um, Queensland from Brisbane. I would often pass um, a place called, I think it's Yatala. It might be Yatala. I, I pronounce it Yatala. But a town that has a crematorium and where my uncle liked to stop 
for a place that does really great pies. Mm. And if you look at the signage on the freeway exit, it says Yatala Pies Crematorium. <laughs> so they're right next to each other. So it looks like one is feeding directly into the other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. I don't think the pie shop is there anymore. Anyway, Mr. and Mrs. Barnes, very – look – couple of pieces of toast there to be Britney's parents. Very, very understanding people, though. Yeah, very earnest. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel oh. like Britney must have just had a lifetime of trouble and they were just sort of like expecting this. But you'd think that the parents would go, well, up until what, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Phyla lived with us and, you know, I think it'd be good if we took Phyla home with us. Yeah, she, she was settled there. Mm. She's got extended family around her Yeah, that aren't as um, unhinged yeah, as your lot. Yeah, yeah. I really would have loved if Mrs. Barnes had got jumped up at the podium or maybe not on the day, maybe the next day, jumped over to Leo and been like, if you hadn't been such a fuck boy and called my daughter back, she wouldn't have had to come chasing after you in Melbourne and she wouldn't have had to come back down here to Melbourne again for Christmas and ended up at this weird <laughs> plus one We shack. couldn't even sit with her own baby at a week. No. So next time, don't be a douche. And answer your phone, mm. asshole. Anyway, that would have been great. But Buck Boy is the best description of him <laughs> ever. So they want to spread her ashes in Wollongong. They've invited Leo up. They've gone Harvey's on it. Yeah. And Not- Leo says no to going up there with Phyla, which I think is cold. That was rough. They, were, they wanted to hold an additional service for yeah. her up there, for all of the rest of the family. And he's like, no, nah, I won't take my daughter up there. Piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they say it in like, because he's also straight back at work doing the books at the table with the, pra- like, it, like it's all sorts of disaster. And he, yeah, ke- like, he keeps putting a bonnet on that baby. I'm like, don't, st- she doesn't need a bonnet. No, and also like two weeks ago, like a week ago when they were running around with the potato wrapped in a <laughs> swaddle, like that baby is four times the size as it was a week ago. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't know which is the formula the express yeah, formula I love it he, he just know. goes oh I'll just yoink this bottle and Nicolette's like oh no I just expressed that which it was orcs it was we have all breastfed would you just express a bottle to feed your child straight away this is weird stuff no no I mean I know I the only reason I could think behind it was you know how it was like the olive branch when she started expressing and giving it to David to feed that olive branch would not last long and for me i'd be like I, how about i just let me feed the, the bloody yeah baby. here's the caveat yeah if you're gonna do it straight off then you just get it from the source but i was supplement feeding f- mm. i was doing top-ups for baby dr carl for mm. a while because he's I, I did with my two yeah, as well yeah he's a little wiener so sometimes if i didn't have time to collect much i would just grab some and then grab the bottle and go but that was a full bottle that's a lot of hard earned. That's a lot. That's you can't just express for ten minutes and get a full bottle. Like that's you have to do it a few times a day to get even half a bottle. Was it after the funeral? After? Yeah, she probably drank at the funeral. She probably expressed it that morning. But anyway, the the temerity of Leo just to go. Oh well, here's a random bottle on the table. But yeah, that must be someone else's prepared it for the baby. Yeah, yeah. No, that is a that's elixir of the gods. You can't just be grabbing that. No. Which actually, I think probably Nicolette would go. Oh well, it's. It's the motherless baby's child. It, it, it probably, yeah. I think you'd go, let her have it. Let her have it. We'll but, sort yeah. it out later. Yeah. Yeah. Quid pro quo. <laughs> yeah. Leo's having, throwing his attitude around all week, which fair enough. He's It's an extra sting that he and Brittany, just before the Flamingo Bar procession, they'd come back together romantically and kissed. Because mm. um, Nicolette let it slip to Leo that um, 
what's her name? Brittany was keen on him again. Yeah, well, thank goodness she did. And they got to have that, that pash. Yeah, one. Before she got killed. One little moment of joy. And then later, Nicolette said that was the only time I've ever seen her happy. Oh. Well, I mean, and considering the moments she's been part of in that woman's life. Like, it's not surprising, mm. is it? Like, she she sold her baby when she had postnatal <laughs> depression. The worst. The worst. But, yeah, and, and she's somehow, her and her two co-parents, housemates, have had the time to organise a new kitchen in the week that this woman has done. Yes. <laughs> and poor, poor Leo. And is bloody... in, like, the depths of the... And, and um, David's going, well, do you think we should go, like, Smeg or... <laughs> 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 like, Ilva, whatever, Mila in here. And yeah. do you reckon Coyle, imagine if he was on his honeymoon, who would have installed those cabinets? Like, thank God Coyle was suddenly available. Like, did they go to showrooms? Like, what, oh, what happened? They, they went to, up to ENS Trading. Yeah. And they've done, like, the bloody um, manufacturer's cooking course as well already this week, I'm sure. Probably. Wow. Just, this and it's high traffic. Imagine, also, they've invited Leo and the baby to stay with them, mm. to look after them during this, the aftermath of this tragedy. And, and he stayed there for the week. Like, he's been there this week. With, they've got the trades coming through. Well, oh, my god, <laughs> The grieving widower. And he's all like, yeah, I want to go back to the penthouse. And they're like, are you sure? Are hey, you I, sure I, I there's rooms time. available there? Yeah, and I could have some time to myself and people would be sensitive to me. Mm. Get room service instead of eating whatever yeah. thing you're putting on every day. Nicolette's breast milk. <laughs> Um, he starts snapping at people, and I think the the standout moment was how he treated Toadie. You got a lot on your plate, mate. So you know, maybe just let a few others take a couple of bites, eh? I'm sorry. What's that supposed to mean? Just that it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. No, no, I'm sorry. You haven't. This situation is totally different. Yes. Yeah. No. You're right. It is. Yeah. I get it. No. The point is, you don't. Stop talking to me like you're an expert at what's happening in my life. Leo's like, we are different. This is different. Mm. One dead woman is not like another dead woman. And Toadie's like, honey, this is neighbours, okay? <laughs> they are a dime no, a dozen. Toadie was very sensitive. He's like, you're right. I haven't been through this. My child was like six months older when his mother died tragically of a terminal illness. Yeah. But, you know, that's right. It wasn't exactly the same situation. <laughs> and, then, and his other mother was in the prison. Yeah. So they're trying to shuffle Toadie out before Leo can make it even more awkward. But then Nicolette saves the day by taking Leo aside and giving him room to feel his feelings. She does. And she says some like weird basic-ass crap about her, her and Brittany's um, friendship. Nick, Brittany used to send every night Nicol- a text to Nicolette with a cup of tea, her cup of tea. Yeah, 30% of the caffeine of a coffee, by the way. Anyway. The saddest bitch Terrible. in wants to wear her snuggish and... Awful. Drink a cup of tea. Yeah. God. And then write no like journal. What's a snugget? Oh, I'm sorry, like, I couldn't think of the right word. What do you call that? Um, my Udi. <laughs> but I, I love snugget. There is a snug. There is a snuggle one. Is that the Aldi brand? Like what they call no, it, I like it. We'll go with snugget. No, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> it's like, like, people can go. What the hell yeah. is that? <laughs> Some distant relative of the actor who plays Glenn. Uh-huh. Where was Brittany staying? Wollongong. Oh, down here, penthouse. Oh, look, she's – no, you know what? That time of night she's gone to bed so she doesn't have to listen to bloody Paul blather on about Therese. Oh, <laughs> Paul and Harlow would have been blathering nonstop. That oh. is the perfect description. Ugh. I'd be like, oh, well, I'd better get an early night. Meanwhile, she's like on her phone till like 1am. Would have been bloody Irish tea. You know why, though? Because she's a model. She's beautiful. Of course, she's sleeping like 10 hours a night. And it's, yeah, green tea. 
so yeah, she just connects with Leo over that. She connects with Leo. They talk about, as you mentioned, that this was the happiest she'd seen after that kiss, you know, moments before she was dead. Leo breaks down and he cries and he's, you know. Which is a bit of an insult to baby Phyla because, like, I can honestly say that I've never been happier than looking at my human son. Yes, but she had post-traumatic. True. She didn't want it. it, Fair enough. Yeah. But she eventually wanted it. She came back for her. Yeah. And she had taken to motherhood in this visit back from Brittany um, compared to the last time we Mm. saw her before she came back from Wollongong. She had taken to her role as a new mum. What do you think this means now for Leo? What trajectory are we going to get for him? Is it going to be the... <laughs> yeah. Well, to rage has all kinds of guilt because mm. she keeps flashing back to the moment she was in year pa- 10. Paralysed with... Um... And she thought it was the school social. <laughs> Someone had gone back of the bike sheds for a little tongue pashing. Oh, maybe yes. first, maybe second base. Shaz goes to like eighth base. Yeah, that's immediately. She does not mess around. She's from the puberty blues era. (laughs) To rage, yeah, she's attacked by the guilt we've established. Glenn then says to her, oh, no, I didn't mean anything with Shaz. It was just, he's typical bloke. Like, he's like, oh, no, I've got feelings for Therese. I don't want to hurt her. So I must wipe my brain of that. With this other lady, you're you're so naive. You're like, oh no, it's the feelings don't know. He's like, oh shit, I've I've kind of ruined my my dastardly plan. I better like get on the front foot and say, oh no, that didn't mean a thing. You know, What's like his I was, dastardly plan. Well, it was basically to bring Paul down by like hurting him in every possible way. So you don't think he he liked Therese in that way? Oh, I think he was attracted to her. He thought she was attractive, but I think I don't think he would have gone for her. Really? Like, I mean, he had his auntie's sister again at that, that moment <laughs> when they when they met up at the, at the resort. You know, he's like, oh, that's right. No, um, <laughs> the halcyon days. I, I don't see it. I, I still think he's onto a scam. I think he yeah funny? he sees Therese as a lamb. I said, you know, like this is another thing that Paul has hurt, and I'm going to take. Possession of. You know, we've all recently gone to the Art Gallery, the National Gallery of Victoria. They've got a lovely kids program on at the moment. And isn't that funny that we can all stand in front of this work of art that is Neighbours and we can all get something slightly different out of it? Oh, you sweet summer child. (laughs) (laughs) We are. This is it. This is how we, you know, there is, it's the death of the author. Belongs to the viewer. You do not remember him as evil Sonny Bennett from East Street. (laughs) No. Uh, Hang on. Can we talk about the thing which I found really disturbing this week. Sure. Uh, the crime scene still being <gasps> untouched over a week oh, later. Oh, my God, Kate. With the worst part of it, the crushed pram still front and centre. That was horrific. And the teddy bear. From <gasps> the pra- and there's flowers and stuff on it. Like, people people have left. And there's just a bit tributes, of tape yeah. there. Like, seriously, surely this quote-unquote crime scene, if someone can get a bloody kitchen installed, surely they can, like... <laughs> Work up what evidence they need. Take the photos. Put it in a fucking glad bag. Or get some, um, you know, building site fencing around it. Nobody was the crushed pram. That's awful and traumatic. Imagine if you walked past a place where you know someone had died in the last week and you see the pram that belonged to the baby of the mum who died there. Horrible, yeah. horrifying. At first I thought another dark day for errands for police. And then I thought, no, apparently they've done their investigation and now they're just waiting for Lassiter's internal investigation to be completed. So it's yeah. another dark day for Lassiter's. There was police tape around there and it was, yeah. Imagine if you were one of the 45 
percent of Erinsborough residences who've lost a relative in a traumatic circumstance in the last three years, and you had to see that every day on your shift at the waterhole. Like, you walk past the murder rotunda, and then you have to double back. Oh, so Glenn. At this point, I don't know if he thinks he's still got it in with Therese. If he tells her, oh, I was only going to be with her to make me stop thinking about you. Yeah. She's like, that's romantic, honey. I'm going to go move into the penthouse to look after my ex-husband who has a, who has a Lassiter's liver. In sickness and in health. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect because it's what you should do. Like, even if you're separated, if... Oh, I don't know. Nah, like, depends on the separation. I think you can well, yeah, get... I think- like, if your husband has bought a baby... <laughs> I think in their situation, yes, I think this is the olive branch situation. Yeah. But also, like, I said this, remember, before Sonia died, way before I said, like, he would still have to look after Sonia if she was sick. Like, you know, it's Harlow's there to help. Paul has family, but this is quite the, I'm your wife and I'm going to help you. And I, I did appreciate when Therese said, this need, it doesn't need to be Harlow's responsibility to look after her granddad. Mm. Like, I'm here to do this. It I'm also- the general manager of Lassiter's <laughs> and I would do this for any resident. <laughs> Of the penthouse suite. Yeah. And, and Therese is dressing a little bit more casually than normal. Oh, yeah. She's in like an ugly print top and black jeans. I liked that top, though. It was uh, very cash. Yeah. Smart cash. Well, it wasn't really. It kind of reminded me from when I used to work at Jackie E. Kind of had that, <laughs> that feel from it. My name is Jackie E. I'm, I'm new in town. <laughs> Do you remember those promos? That was before my time at Jackie E. Right after it transitioned from Jacqueline Eve. I recall that it was called that because on our um, FPOS machine it did print print out it as Jacqueline Eve who got that deep cut from the Jackie E promos hit me up Bechdahl I bet you know <laughs> I also think it, it's a nod to Kyle and Roxy's relationship because he's sick and he tried to push her away mm. and he's like no no I'm not wait wait till I'm good enough she's like no no I'm to, gonna be your support and this is what it, our marriage is yeah and, and that was even in their vows that was quite cute those two I've just, they've been filling my cup this week. Mm. Them giving up their honeymoon to raise money for, what, Abigail? Yeah. Yeah. KB and I both looked at each other and went, you could give away the car. (laughs) Paul Paul gave them the the prize car that he won. We actually had a bit of chat about said car in our messenger group between the three of us. Well, no, it was the two of you and I put my phone down and went to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I was watching it with my husband and Phil's like, what's that car? He goes, is it a Havel? (laughs) It's a terrible brand name, isn't it? <laughs> GMC, which is oh sorry, GWC, which is Great Wall Motors, yeah. Great Wall Cars. I don't know. Yeah, it's something Great yeah, Wall. Yeah, yeah. I reckon Paul would look at that and go, "What's this? Some um, weird Chinese car brand?" Yeah, nah, nah, not getting that. No, nah, and so Paul bought this at the police auction, the policeman's ball. Yes, he went, "I'll oh, buy that car." You know, Paul drives, he's driven a Mercedes. I think he's got a Mercedes E-Class at the moment. He's had an Audi. Like, he's and like, I'll, I'll buy that shit car and give it to my shit brother. Yes. <laughs> I will give it to the shit version of me. You can get the shit car. <laughs> so my car, which is another German, which is not as fancy as Paul's cars, was I got it from a Haval <laughs> dealership. Haval. Um, and they're Sounds known, like a semolina cake. <laughs> they're known for having like... All the bangs and whistles, but no, you know, backing of prestige or, and they're, you know, I guess their engines. I mean, I don't know if they're Am I going to have to get not off again? Probably, yeah. yeah. But I thought it was actually quite a good symbol of like, basically, he's like got the Paul bangs, the whistles and stuff, but he's not really a Robinson. (laughs) So you can have your Haval. I was reassured that Coxie got it because I thought there's no way that neighbours will ever crash a brand new car. 
Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's nice. Well, yeah. actually, I, I looked it up and it was the previous model of that car. But still, it, it's still too oh. nice to wreck. Too nice for a production that's just shut out for new appliances for, for the Branaka house. What weird ab- cupboard doors as well. What about that beautiful moment where they come together at the end of the week and the whole street's brought back their honeymoon? Yeah. yeah like, you guys have earned this. That was nice because it Hendrix was a really great a, wedding apart from the very, very end of it. My yeah. favourite bit was Hendrix saying, oh, I got Dad to chip in the biggest amount. Yes, so, yes. That's nice. It made sense. And thank goodness because you know that like billionaire, he would have at some point like m- perhaps had something to do with Britney if he had <laughs> half a chance. But no, you just like – because he's not rang up his dad and got money for like anything. Like yeah. he could have solved like eight problems since he left the show <laughs> – and no one's called him. Because no. he needs to be like, you know, like Carl's sister, yeah, Magda? What? Yeah. Um, like she just sort of solves problems every now and then. And mm. that'd be kind of nice from Billionaire Tim. Deus ex cashina. That's what we need from Pierce coming in and solving yeah, the problems. I mean, yeah. Pierce is mates now with Leo, seeing Leo bought his white elephant of a winery. Oh, yeah. This mm. is a good point. So the storm damage. about that connection. Storm damage is blown in through the winery. And. I feel like I haven't made enough of a big deal about that tiny flamingo bar. It was a TARDIS. It was bigger on the inside. When that pole went through it and I thought the whole cast had been taken out, it's because there was nothing left of it. It was just a few bits of aluminium. Mm. Yeah, the big bad wolf came to town and huffed and puffed and it went. And Amy was surprised that Lassiter's weren't going to rebuild it? Oh, she's completely taken aback. What is she saying? What do you guys think? Like, what do you think is going to be her? I reckon she'll get a job at the winery. Yeah. Ooh. Why is this winery a permanent fixture? It unsettles me. It's an hour out of town. Yeah. We can't be getting that far away from the coldest. It's very picturesque. And though actually I was looking at Friday's episode and I thought, oh, this looks like the old um, waterhole set from the 80s. It actually With did. similar roof line. And the gravel made me think of, from my extras days, I've walked on that gravel. I feel like they've rebuilt some of it in the exterior Nana Wadding set, back lot. We need to go there with a pair of binoculars. Maybe she moves to the winery and, like, Leo becomes Levi. What? Like, maybe Leo is going to be the third in the thruple now. Oh. I kind of like that. Well, because that's it's funny because Levi's not in the thruple anymore. It's a couple. Mm. And Amy and Ned are all cosy at the wedding, but then Amy's been a bit distant from Ned all week. Yeah. But by the way. She's yeah. bored. She does not want 1P. Ned reminded me. Of his wonderful artistic skills. Because remember, he took the wedding photographs. He did. And and Harlow was looking at them on her phone and they looked really gorgeous. I'm they like, did. mate, don't give up on your dreams. And he took them with the real camera because those photos look like they were taken in portrait mode mm. on an iPhone. <coughs> which wouldn't surprise me. Hang on, we forgot mm. the happy couple. We've got some problems. Okay. Yeah, uh. So we're at the winery. Um, who's organised this big clean-up? Coyle. Coyle. Coyle himself. Beautiful soul. Yeah, for a man who's just had his... Testicles removed through his forehead. Yep. He's doing pretty well. And had to go to a wedding. Those take it out of you as well. Yeah. It was the wedding. And it was ended in trauma. Mm. It was quite a week Big for week. Doyle. Big yeah. week. But he, he rekindled Doyle Coil. Mm. And yeah, and got everyone to do the Amish barn raising of a winery cleaner. After he'd already installed the cabinetry at bloody Darren's. And he got like people like Amy, who's been in hospital with her broken ribs. He's like, get to work. And Harlow's running around like a spooked horse or something. <laughs> She's I feel not, yeah. Leo needs to lean on his dad a bit more and say, hey, 
the times are pretty tough here. Can you um, get me a bookkeeper and pay for it? And can you also organise the Lesseters cleanup crew to come and clean up the winery? Paul's like, my tummy hurts and my ex-wife is here and she might be back in the business with me. So I don't have time for my your problems. Tum- my tummy's being Lasseter readed. Yes. Got a Lasseter's tummy. Yeah, Paul's getting all um, hopped up on being king and queen of Erinsborough again, don't you think? And how about all those top-down views oh, that's from the ceiling? Yeah. Kubrick-esque. And also just like, like, did they not get that camera taken out? <laughs> the penthouse? Yeah. Oh, Missed we, one. Uh, Tarage's house? We got to see the wall of TVs on. Kate yes. texted me. We were watching it very close to in sync, and Kate texted me going, the fourth wall. And I swear to God, I thought... I turned on the episode thinking someone was going to pop out like Zach from Saved by the Bell and go, you think this was a pickle? You know, like <laughs> I thought Tarage was going to give it a piece to camera when Kate said that the fourth wall was there. And I'm like, no, no, she meant the literal fourth wall of Tarage's house. We could see it. Yeah. We saw it at someone else's house as well. Was it Was it at Darren's house we got an extra wall as well? I, mean, I can't remember being in any other houses. Good on them. They've spent a few extra bucks. We already feel that it's not real because they don't have COVID. Might as well make it feel like it's in another dimension. Mm. I, I feel like we haven't seen Paul's bedroom before. It is Lassiter's, so it did have mm. the vibe mm. of rooms we've seen before. A very big bed. For a uh, little man. <laughs> his poofity hair and his little striped, the man in the striped pajamas. Mm. He's secretly doing work. Yeah. On his emails. I did like how casual they were with each other and casual and natural they slipped back into that. Oh, look after you. I'm going to order room service. You're a bad cook. Like all that. Would you like a little blankie for your knees? Come on, I'm not 80. What about some water? Or some lunch? I could whip something together. Oh, now you're really trying to kill me, aren't you? That is so rude. Well, it's just as well that you're highly skilled in many other areas. Like ordering room service? Yes. Fancy anything in particular? Whatever you decide, it'll be perfect. Mm-hmm. Always is. She's like, Drab never talked to me like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Just not ready for it yet. I like them being broken up. I don't want them to hurry back together. Oh, there's enough flux in the show at the moment. I bring them back together. Actually, you're right. And, and um, Glenn will always be the like the little thorn in their paw. Okay, that's true. Thank yeah. you. I'll take that. And another thing we haven't mentioned is Glenn admits that he stole the ring. Yes, Tarage's engagement ring from the the sand. Mm. So Paul says, "Get out of my get out of my suburb." Yeah, no. First, he says. Get out of the Ramsey Street. Mm. And then he says, no, then get out of Erinsborough. Imagine saying that. All right, let's pick a – can we pick a random street and suburb to, to – Get out of Coburg. Yeah. On a, get oh, out. I need you to get out of Bell Street and then I need you to get out of Coburg. Yeah. And, and Pentridge counts, okay. Yeah. Mate, get out. <laughs> I, I, it's just so no, funny No, you can't to, go to Dimmies. Get out. It just – Every time they talk about Erinsborough like it's a country, I always try and apply it to everyday speech. It's wonderful. Because he says, get out of Ramsey Street, and then he's like, wait a second, I'm in the penthouse. Like, I'm not even on Ramsey Street. Yeah, true. Yeah. But he's been staying there. And then... Well, he's he's now at the Willis house because... And no one is even in there. It's just Ned. Ned and Glenn. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah, because Coxie have moved off to the Cannings. Mm. Yeah, and Tarage is in the penthouse. And Tarage also le- Tarage also left without telling him, which is the ultimate like just total dig. Oh, and he put on a spread. Yeah, for good. Melody. She's fuckboyed him right back. Yeah, yeah, and sweet Melody are there. Awkward moments to Toad. <sighs> yeah, and then he did the classic. Oh, sorry, I got to go and uh, relieve the babysitter. 
Okay, one more thing we have to talk about. Two more things. Okay, so at the winery, everyone's pitched in. Everyone's feeling warm and fuzzy. Coral and Roxy are feeling particularly warm and fuzzy. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Kate. Did he and Georgia also not do the deed the night of their wedding? Can't think that far back. Because didn't the next day he run and get the good iced coffee from Anson's Corner? I don't know what I'm thinking of the next morning, but... Look, all I know is I didn't expect to finish the week hearing about Kyle's um, erectile dysfunction. It was a, quite a little surprise that we got at the end of the week. There. Like, but, you know, like trying to have sex on the, on a slope in a winery, I can go, well, maybe. And Kyle's getting on as well. <laughs> and Roxy did offer that as the perfectly good reasoning why it was, a, why it was an issue. Yeah, but also I think... He's saying like, oh, the doctor said it'll either work straight away, and I'm on like, oh, I'm on. But you don't. Have I to, don't know. Like, does he reference that he's on medication or he's on? He's done on treatments and that. Yeah, hormones. You think he it. would have, um, you know, tried a bit of DIY work before he's, going and no, doing? He, he yeah. said, he said, I, I haven't been able to, oh. for myself or for you. Like he, he said it very cleverly. Let's listen to Coyle elaborate. I'm sorry, Rox. Hey, don't stress. How can I not stress? I can't even. I have to be able to satisfy my wife and myself. I'm on the hormone patches, you know. Everything should be firing up. Look, it's a big, it's a tall order at on location to get that done. When you could be sprung by Nicolette getting lost at any given moment. <laughs> Going back and forth in a linear fashion. Look, I think we'll get some classic Kyle and Roxy times of them trying to get this going. And Sheila will be there to help. Yeah. For pity, Sheila do we have any, be. can Tony dig up some full salute from out of the back patio? Maybe. <laughs> and like, and Roxy will get her outfits going. Remember when she dressed up as like a sexy nun? nurse? I think he's in he's in great hands. Yeah, I think Roxy's gonna look after him. Yeah, beautifully. And also, like, there's other things you can do for her, Kyle. There's, <laughs> the world is their oyster. Mm. There's plenty of Cotty's chocolate sauce over at the Brecky House. If he wants to borrow any. Did they mention where they were going for their honeymoon? Because I thought we could guess. Because I don't think it mentioned. Okay, so there's no COVID. Where are they going, Kate? Well, there is COVID and I've just oh, seen a bunch of influencers over in Fiji. So maybe Oh, no, I was going to say Movie World on the Gold Coast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good, good, good. I like that. Wet and wild. Yeah, I'm going to say Fiji. Fiji. Okay. Who's been oh, $10,000, I don't think it? they're going overseas. People in your feed, CJ, where have they been going? LA. I reckon Bali as well as an option in, in the before times. Yeah, I reckon yeah. Bali. Bali or Phuket. But I don't think they're going anywhere particularly classy. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of Bali uh, sponsored posts. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs> but like classy's out now. I mean, pandemic times, you go where you go. You don't, and you don't get upset. Let's <laughs> yeah. well, see. That's what my kids' kinders yeah. teacher yeah. used to say. You get what you get and you don't get upset. Yeah. But I think it's great that they're exploring all aspects of yeah. certain conditions. It's not just we have this one surface condition and you know, there's many aspects. Yeah, and it would have been pretty classic and problematic of them to have dealt with cancer, the cancer storyline, then got married, and then the big trauma of the wedding event and the death mm. just kind of eclipsing yeah. the cancer, and then it just never got brought up again. Yeah, it was really well handled. Yeah, so I'm glad that I'm glad that it's a continuing issue, even though I don't want Kyle to have more cancer pop up. No, I'm keen to see what pops up though. Yeah, and I'm when something and to pop up. When and how? Tell <laughs> yeah. me when and how. Yeah. Um. One more thing we have to discuss, and should we do have a Patreon? We'll have a meeting yeah. right now about it. We'll do have a Patreon because I've got fatigue. Speaking of compassion fatigue, I've got new white person fatigue. Okay, what's the next big mystery that you guys are trying to crack over on Ceramic Crystal Ball? 
Uh, there's a little bit of who's Freya. Okay. Yeah. But also is it kind of like, oh, my God, who the hell cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same as any, like, mainly w- woman that comes into the cast mm. where they're like, Ooh. She's going to shake things up. She's up yeah. to no good. And what's her story? She's come out of nowhere. Soon oh, she- my God. Who the hell cares? Soon she's going to have a baby and die. Yep. Neighbours. <laughs> Is she a lesbian or bisexual? <laughs> she's got a leather jacket. You know what I would love, actually? She's going to be a dog. <laughs> you know A dag. Like, oh, I, thought you were, you I was like, I thought you were giving me the don't say it, Kate. Do not say I didn't it. know what you were going to say. I would actually, I would love for her to be. Neighbours, even Steph was bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> what I would love is if she was gender non-conforming. Get a bit of Shay Diaz in on the action here. <laughs> oh, no, no, I can just hear Brett Bowman getting triggered from Wollongong right here. <laughs> okay, we're, we're doing some deep dives. We need to do Citizen and Citizen of this week. Who I would mean, like? It's so big, isn't it's it? It's a big, big, big week. I can CJ citizen for Brittany. Oh, for saving her baby. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty massive. Yeah, she's never going to be able to get another citizen or citizen. I mean, mm. we thought that, and people have come back from the dead before, but I don't think no, she's coming she's, back. We saw that. That was that was yeah. That was a big poll. So I don't know if it, whether I say citizen or bloody legend of the week. Shaz can. <laughs> <laughs> she's gone to her son's wedding. She's seen a guy she likes and she's she's bloody, you know what, I'm going to root ya and then I'm going to do it again, even after we've been like um, sprung by that woman with a stick up her ass. <laughs> and I reckon she would have stated it before the uh, to whoever, to her friends or whatever, just saying, I'm going to pick up. <laughs> like she would have declared yeah, you it. you do it, Sharon. <laughs> I'm going to Carl's wedding. I love it. She calls him coyly as well. Oh. Okay. Oof, this is so tough. Shitizen, it's it's Levi via Erinsborough Police for that crime scene. Oh, disgusting. At least put a tarp over that shack. It was always going to be a temporary bar, wasn't it? It was an installation. Well, you think like Lassiter's would just be like, we cannot have this here. This is terrible for business. Mm. Oh, God, Let yeah. us demolish it. Flamingon. <laughs> put, at least put a temporary fence with some tarp around the temporary fence. Yeah. You know what a shopping centre when they go, something new is coming here. Yeah. <laughs> Ma- Max Brenner's Chocolate House <laughs> is coming. Um, Maybe barbecue shop. Aaron's reply. Put a tarp, gather your evidence faster. Mm-hmm. The coroner needed this a week ago. Mm. Another dark day. Dark for day. Shitizens. police. ACAS. All cops are shitizens. What, this was a bumper it, but it was a bumper week. But it was a lovely evening. It was nice to have the three of us back together. It was. I did. We. I called this meeting of the Babysitters Club because the whole cast got in on the wedding. So I thought the whole cast needed to get in on this. Also, pod. it's like twenty-seven degrees right now, and it's what quarter past eleven. Yeah, no night, one's falling so asleep. It's, it's beautiful. Hmm. CJ, where are you hanging out? CJ, the hot mess mum on Instagram and TikTok. Kate, I'm Remude on Twitter. I'm Vase on Instagram, and we are Neighbours Council on Facebook, Neighbours Pod on Twitter and Neighbours Pod on Patreon. We hope you're keeping well, and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.